You're listening to WGSR, bringing hope and comfort to the world, 24 hours a day. Hi, we here at God Stories Radio have a remarkable challenge. We'd like to let you know about how you can become a part of the God Stories Radio family with just $1. $1 so that we can continue the monthly ministry. If you want to give a $1 gift to God Stories Radio, you can give securely through PayPal at GodStoriesRadio.com. We will provide you with a tax-deductible receipt for your gift. Thank you for helping us bring hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world 24 hours a day. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of God Stories Radio. This is Session 101. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. And I'm Dr. Joe. I'm Mike. (laughs) (laughs) We got a couple of wild hair brothers up in here tonight. They're ready, Freddie. They are ready for it, man. Sarge called me earlier in the week, and he said, man, the Lord's been dealing with me. I just got to bring it. I got to tell the world about my stuff, and uh, hopefully somebody get blessed. I'm sure of it. Yeah. All right. So, what's going on over there, Mikey? Riding a wave. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? That's all you Riding got? Riding a wave. Uh, it was a good week. It was. Just trying to be content with where Father has me at, and as he let me know to be still and wait for it, and I will wait for him. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Trish, what's going on? That's probably a whole show, isn't it? (laughs) Or two. I've been down in the valley. (laughs) I'm climbing back up the mountain again, though. Well, amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. What about you, Fritz? Oh, it's been a wild ride for me, too. Uh, I really uh, need some prayer. Uh, I took on this um, filming of a beauty pageant, and uh, part of the files have gone missing. Oh, boy. I mean, just gone. And there happen to be very pertinent files that everybody wants, of course. Of course. So uh, I took my, after about a week of trying to extract it off one drive, I just took the whole laptop into uh, the geek squad there, and Mm. they're going to see what they can do. But, you know, the Lord's restored files for me before. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really praying for a big one. Yeah. I need a big one. Was he your first choice, or well, unfortunately, no. Oh. Yeah, just being just being real, um, and I kind of think this whole exercise might be just to strengthen that character and teach me to run to him. And you know, like my wife, she she talks to him all the time. She'll pull into a parking lot and say, "You know, Father, I need a little help here, and get a parking spot." And she does mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> just little things like that that she depends on the father for and on her she, daily uh, daily yeah 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 so i i need to get to that point i really do my six-year-old is teaching me that we saw <laughs> a car accident the other day and she said i said oh that might be somebody that just left the school maybe that was miss janet and she said mommy we need to pray right now and i said yes we do <laughs> out of the mouth of babes Absolutely. isn't it funny that you know, 
God knew what he was talking about when he said, come to him like a child. So, mm-hmm. But I'm sure we have some shout outs over there, Trish, sure and it's do. been a few weeks since you've been here to do them, so uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm excited. Go for it. Thank you, Fritz. We got some Facebook likes. Um, we want to give a shout out to Amy Apperson Ratliff. Hi there, Amy. Hi, Amy. Thank you for liking us. Yeah. And Anna Rosa. Hi, Anna. Also, Scott Mangus. Scott Mangus, thank you very much. Thanks Welcome. For thank you for liking us. Yeah. And then the countries we have shout outs for are Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, the Netherlands, and Indonesia. Oh, wow. Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. How about that? Not a lot of Christian folk in that place. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate you listening there. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, guys, um, do you want to introduce uh, you go for our it. guests? You got it. Go ahead. Who we got tonight? <laughs> I love these guys. They were they were here on the show early on, like session I think in Mike's, the twenties or I think something. Sarge's was uh, thirteen. Yeah, maybe 13. when you were still in the kitchen. We were still in the kitchen. They used to have yes, the we were in the kitchen because I can I can picture where Doc was sitting right across from me, right there in the kitchen. Right, and then Doc came in later, and I, I, his session is like, I want to say fifty something or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we love these brothers. They're just a part of our show, and and uh, the first go around, Sarge didn't do much talking. He was a little afraid. He was a little afraid, but I don't think a little he nervous. is now. He's I don't on think the he edge is now. now. <laughs> He's shaking his head over there that he isn't. He's prayed up, ready to go. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over and and kind of let um, you know Doc can kind of fill you in on Sarge's background and kind of intro him. He's got. If you haven't heard his session, it's pretty amazing, and I, I would go back and listen to both. That's for sure. But thirteen, uh, yeah, some in there, and then in the twenties somewhere. But um, anyway, I'm going to turn it over to Doc and to Sarge. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Fred. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me or not. I, we're on. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just to give you a little introduction. I'm a uh, Christian psychologist, and um, I worked with the VA for several years, and one day I got a phone call in my office from a doctor up at Gainesville at the VA hospital, and he asked me uh, would I be taking any patients (laughs) from up there, and I said, well, I guess I can. And so he informed me, and making it very short, that he had a guy named Michael Decker, and that uh, he wanted to warn me that uh, I should be ready for him, uh, prepared for him, because he always has two orderlies in his office when Michael Decker showed up to have a session with him. (laughs) So um, I said, well, that's all right. I'm an ex-Navy combat corpsman with the Marines, and I says, I don't know any Air Force guys I can't handle, and so we got to Josh in a little bit, and next thing I know, I got all these records, about two tons of them sent from the VA. And uh, about a week later, this uh, fellow shows up in his camouflage uniform and bandana around his neck, and I think he had a knife strapped to his leg, and he comes in the office and uh, was letting me know that he didn't want to be there, and that uh, he was going to tell me what to do, and so we went battered back and forth a little bit, and uh, he didn't really like what I was saying, I don't think, because he made this famous statement. He said, Doc, I'm going to take you out. And he wasn't referring to the date. He was 
taken me out. Mm-hmm. And um, I remembered what the doctor said up at uh, Gainesville, and I assured him that that would be a little harder than he thought. And uh, so we went on, and about the third session, he called me up on the phone. I don't know why I did this to this day, but he called me up on the phone, and he called me every name in the book. He wasn't coming in. Uh, he didn't have to come in, and I was nothing but a something other this or that, and I just got tired of his, his language, and I said, Sarge, I said, you're not talking to me that way. I'm hanging up on you because I'm an admiral. I know to this day why I said that, but that's what I said. I never was an admiral, but but anyway, um, I told him that he will come in, and uh, his language will change, and of course it did, and make a long story short, 20-some years later, uh, 21 years, I think it was, wasn't it, Sarge? Uh, yeah. Uh, putting up with him and his drugs and his smoking and uh, all the other things that was going on in his life, and just kept telling him that uh, I cared about him and I just was going to be there for him and all that. Uh, he was a case. He was a real case of uh, PTSD, and um, his looks and his demeanor changed tremendously. He got worse instead of better. He was taking uh, extra amount of drugs that he was being supplied by the military. He was uh, drinking. In fact, he invited me to bring him some alcohol several times or come pick him up and go out and get some alcohol. And uh, then one time uh, it got so bad that he left home and his son's residence and so forth where they lived, went to a place in town. And uh, if I wish that I kept a picture of him, but his hair was down his back. He smelled terrible. He looked terrible. He just was a mess. He was down the bottom of the barrel. So I went and visited him a few times. I couldn't stand the smell in the room that he was in. So I stayed in the open door. And uh, he would walk across the street, heavy traffic, to go get beer at the 7-Eleven or whatever it was across the street. And I just prayed for him. I said, Lord, he's going to get killed out here because that was heavy traffic. Well, his son finally took him back. He went back home. And uh, while he was at home, he had things just got worse. And you couldn't walk in his bedroom. His bedroom smelled so bad you couldn't stay in there. I think he ran off all the people that came to clean his room for him. <laughs> they didn't really want to be there either. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I, I got some calls from his son. He finally said, I can't take Dad anymore. I'm scared of him. I'm worried about it. He's going to burn the house down. He's, and he dropped his cigarettes right by his bed and everything. And on his bed, he had burns in his bed. And... Uh, and he, even though he promised his son he'd smoke outside, he didn't. So he was worried about his uh, daughter and, and, and all the things going on, getting hurt accidentally and so forth. So I had the privilege of Baker acting him, as they call it here. I, yes. I wrote a letter to the VA and gave it to his son and says, we'll call the ambulance, come pick him up. And uh, so that's what we did. And he went off to the VA hospital and uh, committed. I think he was there about three months, Sarge, something like that. Forty-five days. Forty-five days. And, <laughs> Counted uh, every second. <laughs> and during that process, he'll tell you about it, uh, he decided that uh, it was time to quit, give up, and let God be the Lord of his life. And and uh, I didn't realize that had happened to him. And I, one day I was at the office sitting there, and here comes this guy up the sidewalk, and he was clean cut, looked good. I said, boy, that looks like maybe a cousin of Decker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And uh, he came in, he said, hey, Doc. 
And uh, I said, that's, that's not you, Sarge. And he said, it's me. <laughs> and he said, I got to tell you something. And uh, he sat down and explained that he got right with the Lord. And that was six years ago. And uh, from being the one of the worst clients, well, the worst client probably <laughs> ever had in post-PTSD, uh, to a uh, fan brother in Christ, he's a joy to be around. He's still crazy as a coot. Uh, <laughs> that's coming from a psychologist. But that makes him certifiable. Certifiably, yes. <laughs> but he's tremendously a blessing, and he's when you hear a story, you, you can believe it because he's not going to be able to tell you everything, nor can I tell you everything that went through, but He's been through the mill, and I'm, uh, it's a pleasure once again to sit here and, and, and to introduce him and to share with him. Uh, the last time I was here, I think I brought the paper of certification with me that I signed to have him put away. And uh, But uh, I think, uh, you know, the Bible says, Be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. 21 years is a long time uh-huh. to be patient, you know. But... Um, that's what happened about six you years ago. You hung in there, Doc. <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's basically it. And I'm just here to certify how bad he was professionally and uh, what a wonderful person that the Lord has turned him into uh, since he let go and let God. So, Sarge, tell us what happened when you were 10 years old or whatever and get us started there, okay? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say I, I don't glorify the devil. I glorify God and my story and... I'm not proud of a lot of it, but I'm going to be very transparent with you all. Uh, and I'll bring you up to date with when Doc took over. But 10 years old, I my grandparents would drink and party and all that. And I decided to get in the refrigerator where my grandfather kept 10 cases of beer at all times. Uh, pony bottles. I uh, won't name a name, but they're in Pennsylvania. And uh, I tasted it. First time I tasted it, I said, wow, I like it. So I, I, I kept going back to it. Uh, but when I was 13, I stopped drinking it, and I gave my heart to the Lord, but I had no follow-up. I, it wasn't a total surrender. And uh, as you'll figure out, 62 years old, I finally got my life straightened out with God, the help of Doc and everybody. But uh, I had a genuine experience when I was 13, but no follow-up, and again, I didn't surrender totally, and I just, uh, when I turned 15, I started driving and partying with my buddies and going to different uh, uh, movie theaters, uh, not theaters, but the, the drive-ins, and. The police would wake me up at two or three in the morning after everybody left, and uh, fortunately, they didn't lock me up, but they should have. <laughs> uh, I I went in town and I hit a car and an antique car at that with the '51 Ford I had, and I uh, lied, which I did a lot of. I lied my way out of it, and they. Dropped it from reckless driving to a hit and run. And that's how my life began at 16. Uh, when I was 18, uh, well, continuously drinking pretty heavy. At 18, they put me in Tachikawa City Hospital. I was in the military, in the Air Force. 
and they put me in Tachikawa City Hospital as a chronic alcoholic at 18 years old. Uh, well, at 18, that's when I decided I liked what they treated me for in 67, I think it was, and they would give me Valium. Well, I liked them, so I quit drinking and started drugging, uh, thanks to the government, uh, which maybe I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> but the military supplied my drugs and I, I liked them so much I found out I could buy them downtown well I served uh, seven tours of duty in uh, Southeast Asia uh, and things went from bad to worse they, like I said they locked me out dried me out and I got a pass and went out on uh, on the town and found out they had nickel whiskey and uh bar in the airman's club and that's what i did i sat there all night came in with miniatures 30 miniatures in my parka and they sent set me down threw me in the shower and said uh male nurse i think he's about 300 pounds and he said decker what are you doing and i well like i said they threw me in the shower and i passed out that's all i remember that night but it, it, it progressed as the years went on uh, to the point where the drugs started becoming a way of my life daily, not not just on weekends, but daily. And in uh, Vietnam, they had survival kits, and I was a supply sergeant. I went into the survival kits, and they had what they call white crosses or benzedrine, Benny's speed. And so I started eating them. I'd get into survival kits and uh, plainly ripped them off. And it wasn't just one or two, it was 20, 30 at a time. And uh, people tell me today, you're a miracle, you're alive. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm alive. Uh, Doc can attest to that. Uh, well, I... I re I was in the military, and I got so much to say, and I'm, I'm trying to fit this together to get to where Doc came into my life. But I knew better. All that time, I knew better, and I was in seven tours of duty in Southeast Asia, and I was very careful not to use the God's name in vain, but everything else I did, uh, the drugs, the alcohol, pornography, uh, running with prostitutes. Uh, be quite frank with you, my first wife was a prostitute. Uh, that lasted 19 years, and I. It ended. She ran off a 19-year-old. She's 36, and I just. I'm, I'm telling you this because I was so late that uh, the addictions weren't only alcohol and drugs, but pornography, uh, just. Uh, it, you can get in so deep that it leads to other things. Uh, I guess you would call it sexual impurity. And that was my life till I was all about 60 years old, 62, I think it was. And I would run the different, I had teenage boys too, um, and I would leave them in the middle of the, the house and run from. I lived in a town in the forest and would run 70 miles to 
run south OBT and uh, frequent the clubs and uh, the por the porno shops and all that trash. Uh, let me let me add this. I'm so grateful I don't have to be addicted to anything anymore but Jesus Christ. Amen. And He is my Lord and Savior. And, uh, oh, I'll get back on track here. Well, the drugs went on for quite a while until I was about 45, and my wife called me at 4.30 in the morning. Or, I'm sorry, 4.30 in the evening, and said, uh, I'm not coming home. And I was married to her 18 and a half years, and that trashed me. It put me in a deep depression. I did more drugs and alcohol. I was not a father. I was a very poor father. The only thing they ever got out of me was money, and which I was blessed to have. But they they missed their father that was addict and alcoholic and run to the clubs every night. Uh, where are we at here? <laughs> Help me, Fritz. <laughs> you're, you're doing just fine. Just oh, right. okay. <laughs> I, there's so much. My life is so much trash in it. And but I I really want you all to know again I'm not glorifying the devil that's for sure I'm glorifying God where He brought me out of and and these gentlemen and lady can attest to that fact. Uh, anyways, we're, uh, I uh, was so into depression I pulled a 25 automatic put my mouth and pulled the trigger. And after my wife told me she wasn't coming home, and I, I really loved her, uh, but uh, it jammed. And the only thing I could think of and say was, God, I can't even do this right. No, me, he, he had something for you to do. Absolutely. Wasn't your time yet. Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I'll, I'll go into a little further up, I was in a coma. Uh, I don't even know if Doc knows this. I was in a coma for 30 days in Florida Hospital about three years ago. And I was a Christian then, and I was living the right life. And it was so peaceful. And I said, God, I want to stay here. And he, nope, <laughs> got work for you to do. Uh -huh. And that very day, I came out of my coma. That very, that very instant. But it was so peaceful that it was the presence of God, and it was just so peaceful, I can't even explain it. And it really, and that's what I do 24 and 7. Now I work for God, man. I, I'm not married anymore. I was married twice, ruined both marriages to uh, perversion and addictions and all that trash. Uh, somebody help me. Where did I stop? <laughs> uh, well, you met. Doc. Oh, 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 yeah, I got to tell you about that. Uh, Doc worked with me 21 years, right, Doc? 21 years. And I would go, I, would, I won't mention the name, uh, but uh, my doctor in, in the VA up north uh, called Doc. I, I remember he told you about that. He called, and I would literally put him against the wall, and they call in and shoot uh, then it was uh, thorazine shoot me up with thorazine to knock me out because i was so uh aggressive and 
bitter and it, uh, it was aggravated by the war. And, but let me tell you, I gotta, I gotta inject something here. PTSD, don't let the people tell you it's incurable. I'm telling you, God can do the impossible. All things are possible through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I am set free, and I share in the vet, the vet center on my knees about Jesus openly in the building. I've been asked to be assistant therapist to help with room graphs programs for drugs and alcohol and, and pornography and all that trash. But uh, there's just so much. <laughs> uh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> uh, no worry, Sarge. I feel that way every time we do this. I know. I can get excited. Uh, let me, may I share something with you? Luke, uh, seventh chapter. Let me see if I can find it here on my phone. Uh, okay, here we go. I think it's the, let's start with the 37th verse. May I read this out to you? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, where are we start here? 37, where are we at? I'm having trouble seeing it. Okay, here we go. Okay. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in the town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, they brought she brought an alabaster jar of perfume and as she stood behind him at his uh I lost it. She oh where'd it go? I'm sorry. Uh as, oh, as she stood by him as he at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and when what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denaro and the other 50. Neither of them then had the money to pay him back. To, to he, oh, I'm sorry, back. To he cancel, so he canceled the debt, debts of the men. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the biggest debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the words of the woman and said to Simon, do you see the woman, this woman, I'm sorry, I came into your house. You did not give me any 
water for my feet. But she wet her feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but the woman from the, from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put off on the, my oil on my head, but she had poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been for, uh, forgiven little loves little. That's my story, folks. I love you all out there. And uh, I was a sinful man. I've done horrible things I don't even want to go into, but I, I told you I'm going to be transparent, and I am. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now all old things that passed away, behold, all things are new. Amen. Amen to that. Second Corinthians 5.17. Yep. Amen. I just... Uh, I have a song. I have a song. Uh, Switchfoot does it. It's a new song. It's called Let It Go. And it explains uh, pretty much my story and how I feel about the grace of God. And uh, I, Do you want to play it? We'll play that on the, on the outro oh, okay. so they'll get to hear it. Right. Okay. I just want to say... Hey, don't don't listen to the doctors, man. Listen to Doctor Jesus. He's a great physician because he will heal you and set you free. Amen. If you're struggling from Afghan, Iraq, Vietnam, even fifty years ago, like I did, he can set you free. Amen. So I got man. I, Amen. I love Amen. y'all. Thanks, Sarge. So he basically went from being one of the worst patients a doctor could have in doing all that he did to at this point now in his life and that's probably the reason why jesus made sure that gun didn't go off is now he's and why he pulled him out of a coma right is why he's now basically acting as a helper in helping people that have gone through exactly what he went through Mm -hmm. with their drugs and alcohol and stuff like that I firmly believe that that's part of the story that God writes in our lives as he allows us to to go through things so that we can relate to people Uh, and we feel their pain. May I say something? Sure. I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, people say, wouldn't you change if I said, no, because I have a compassion like Jesus had. And I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but he's living in me. So in a way I am. But the fact is, uh, I can walk up to a drunk, an addict, or a guy in the lust and say, I love you and hug him and truly mean it. Because you've been there. I've been there. I walked the moccasins. felt that pain. Bowing their moccasins. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> uh, to say this, that Sarge is not the first person with mental illness that's been cured. You look in the Bible and several people, women and men, the lunatic right. that cast right. the... Uh, demons Demons out and went into the hogs and several people and the point of it is that our part i said i know he said don't listen to doctors but (laughs) i I kept (laughs) preaching to him no no no, i'll listen to doc (laughs) 
Doc <laughs> hung in there with me. <laughs> I kept preaching to him the whole time, but his answer wasn't Jesus. Mm. And so that's the difference. Jesus in the Bible did it. Jesus Amen. did it for Sarge. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does it for those out there that are struggling with PTSD because he's right. A person can be cured for any kind of disease or illness if they approach it the way God wants them to approach it and they seek what the Lord's will for them in their life and it'll make them whole again, just like he did in the Bible with the the lunatic and the other people who are out there. And so, again... I was a lunatic. You know Yeah, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean legitimately out of it. So that's what I'm testifying to. But God set him free and... uh, and he's living a life that he says he's living. So when you meet him and talk to him or talk to him on the telephone, um, uh, it's just a blessing. And I'm glad I'm here with you, Sergeant. Keep up the you, good Doc. work, okay? I love everybody here, and I love everybody. I I had the capability to love even the, the VC, and that was another story. But I fought him, and I've seen a lot of guys, uh, uh, not getting too graphic, but bought the bullet. But the bit the dirt and uh, decapitating stuff like that is mm-hmm. terrible. That hate was kind of instilled in you. Hate and you were, and bitterness. Yeah, trained to hate him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, just a little bit about Doc. Um, he uh, specializes in family and crisis counseling, fully confidential, of course, offering uh, temperate therapy and testing. And he's got offices located uh, right here in Claremont. And you can Groveland, give him a, in Groveland. In Groveland. Mm-hmm. We can uh, give him a call at 352-429-5600. And uh, we call him Doc, but his uh, real alias is Joseph W. Nussbaumer, Jr., Ph and a D, (laughs) (laughs) because it says so. (laughs) Thanks for your service, too. Amen to that. Both of them. And, um, you know, Doc's come a long way since the last time we saw him. It's a real honor to have him sitting in that chair, to be honest with you. Right. Um, He's been. He wasn't exactly a happy camper when he came and got his, gave his testimony, if I remember (laughs) right. (laughs) I'm lost. But, uh, but I know you've been been through a lot as well, Doc. I'm just saying, it's really just glad to have both of you here with uh, us tonight. Here with us tonight, and uh, we just really, really appreciate it. Well, it's it, a blessing to share, and for Doc to be here, and Mike and Fritz and Trit. I, I just, it's such a blessing to have me here, and it was a God thing, people, because I was I was thinking about it one day, and. I got turned down, given a testimony. Uh, I won't mention where, but and I called Fritz up, and he said, "Hey, how about third? I said, "We're on." So God, <laughs> God does have a plan. Well, he sounded ready. So uh, <laughs> who, who am I to be in the way of the Holy Spirit? You know, I'm just uh-huh. like uh, brothers ready. So uh, how about Thursday? <laughs> Let's do it. We'd like to thank all our live listeners on Mixler. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, welcome to the program. We appreciate you uh, stopping what you're doing for a little bit and listening to the program tonight. And Tell them how to get in touch with us if they have a testimony. If you have a testimony, please send us to GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And Mikey, you, you can, can also tweet us. tweet us. That's right, at GodStoriesRadio. And you can Facebook like us, GodStoriesRadio.com. If you listen to us through iHeart, you can... Uh, Follow us on iHeart. Yeah, if you follow us on iHeart, then when we do an another up upload, then they yeah, get the next. Yeah, you, you session. automatically get 
get notified right. of that, which is really and nice. We also take call-ins. Somebody wants to give a testimony and you're not in the area, uh, we'll take a call-in. But, yes, we would love to have the person sitting right here. You betcha. We'll take it any way we can get it. One way or another. <laughs> Amen. All for, for God's glory. glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Took the words right. right out of my mouth. That's right. <laughs> Sergeant Doc, thanks again. Love you guys. Thank you. You're just part of the family. Rich. We love you and Trish and Mike. Thank you for praying for God's God. Stories Radio and just being an integral part of supporting us and praying for us. And we really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, Well, that about wraps it up for Session 101. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. <laughs> Mike. When it feels like surgery And it burns like third degree And you wonder What is it worth? When your inside's breaking in and you feel that ache again And you wonder what's giving birth If you could let the pain of the past go Your soul knows it's in your control Can
girl